We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helfen. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 7th, Election Day edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast. Are you, Jake, are you voting on anything today? I, man, yeah, this is going to sound bad, but I, I'm not sure what is actually going on uh, locally, so uh, I would guess the answer is no. All right, that's Jake Latarski, everybody. I'm John Halpin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a, I voted this morning. That I, I moved from, three months ago, four months ago, I moved from Charlotte to a town outside Charlotte called Weddington. Mm-hmm. And before Charlotte's having its mayoral election today, and Charlotte's, you know, a pretty, it's a, you know, 20th, 25th biggest city in the country. You know, it's pretty decent size and it's kind of a big deal. And this morning I went to my polling place because I always, I have to, I look and I go, I have to learn and I have to vote. And the two people mm-hmm. running for the mayor of the town of Weddington, they were literally standing outside the polling place when I got there, both of them about oh, 15 geez. feet away from each other. I just chatted with one of them for about 10 minutes and just, you know. There you go. That's all the research you need. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was, well, it's small, but it's it's all right. Well, there you go. Well, fortunately for our listeners, uh, I spent all that time that I would have spent researching political candidates, researching the waiver wire for this upcoming mm-hmm. week. So you guys get the benefit of that. Excellent. See, I wasn't doing that, Jake is, so I'm glad you're here, everybody. <laughs> all right, let's start off uh, Lions against your Packers. And uh, mm-hmm. oh my good heavens, Brett Hunley! This Brett Hunley experiment is is not good. 
Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. I mean, the completion percentage is there a little bit, but they do get him with a lot of uh, uh, short throws, and and yeah, there's just no big playmaking ability when it seems like they have someone something going with a little play action after they get the running game going, which they they didn't really do a whole lot uh, here on on Monday night. But uh, they're just they're not able to make big plays. So when that big play ability is gone, uh, you know, gone with Aaron Rodgers, uh, there, there's not much that this offense can do. I mean, they scored 17 points. One of those was pretty garbage time irrelevant touchdown did push the game over the over under uh you know that that might matter to some people but uh, outside of that it's tough to get productive fantasy takeaways for the Packers side of the ball outside of the fact that everybody takes a pretty big hit without Aaron Rodgers now do you think with on the with all the short passes do you think it's he can't do it or they won't let him do it I mean it's it's some combination of both Okay, Probably. so there are a there are a couple in that game where, like I, I mentioned, the play action where they got that, and Hundley had Jordy Nelson somewhat open, uh, you know, open enough, uh, and 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 the ball was thrown well enough, and there might have been a little tugging that went uncalled, or maybe some obstruction there. You know, I don't wanna, I don't want to complain about that too much. If anything, I'm usually the guy that says let them play. You know, not too many penalties. So there were opportunities. Uh, that were reasonable that, that that just weren't executed. And of course, he's not even though he's mobile, he's not quite as good in the scramble drill as Rogers, just having all those year, years of experience and, and rapport with all those receivers here. So, I mean, he made some OK throws, but again, you know, on, on both ends, it's not quite executed. So it, it's tough to watch. And, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not completely sold on him not being able to turn it around at all. Um, you know, maybe that's my blind optimism as a Packer fan because I've seen flashes from Hundley. And I mean, that first drive for the Packers, Hundley marched the ball down the field and they missed a field goal. They have they have a new long snapper and the snap was kind of botched, messed up Crosby's timing. So that cost them three points right away and cost them taking the early lead. And then, you know, on the ensuing drive, the Lions had a third and 14 incomplete pass Mike Daniels makes a bonehead move and headbutts an offensive lineman you know five yards away from an official and keeps that drive going and they eventually score a touchdown so those early couple of factors are you know are, are it's a 10-point swing and that changes the whole outcome of the game so there are situations when the Packers can be okay but if they continue to show up like this they're gonna have a tough time beating the Browns in a couple weeks yeah he, he had one pass that deep that I thought he that I thought Adams might have been able to catch too that wasn't mm-hmm. a bad throw um all right, the running backs, I mean, hard to tell because it was a blowout and they threw a ton, but Ty Montgomery looked pretty good. Yes, Ty Montgomery did look pretty good. Uh, it was interesting uh, uh, that Aaron Jones was technically the starter and played most of the early downs, but once they started getting behind two, three scores in the late third and fourth quarter, then it's Ty Montgomery taking over. So I think we saw a little bit of what this backfield might look like moving forward in those rare games that the Packers are ahead. Aaron Jones will continue to get the ball. Um, and, and Ty Montgomery is mostly third down back and plus some other unique, interesting sets there. So I, I guess you have that, um, I, you know, on the other side of the ball, uh, I'm a little more concerned about Amir Abdullah. He did have 21 carries for 48 yards and a score, but he fumbled twice, lost one of them. And one of those fumbles was right down near the goal, goal line area where they were fortunate to hang on to it. So uh, from a fantasy standpoint, you look at look at their backfield and maybe start to get a little concerned. Yeah, maybe so. Um, all right. Enough about that the trash game because it was terrible um mm-hmm. check us out on twitter jake's at jake ski 52 i'm at jay helping 37 you can also tweet us at rotowire or uh get the the updates uh to the news at rotowire nfl um buys this week chiefs raiders eagles ravens sorry carson wentz owners you need to take a week off i actually have there's one league i have i think both ravens running backs i have wentz i have jeffrey um mm-hmm. it's a it's gonna be a struggle there but uh we're gonna you're gonna help me get through it 
So. Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. I'm looking at some similar dilemmas right now. I got a couple Wentz shares, a couple Elshon Jeffrey shares. It's going to be tough to make up for. Yep. Um, and by the way, your resources here this week for free agents today. We're recording this a little after eleven Eastern on Wednesday, on Tuesday morning. Your resources are, are this podcast, obviously. Uh, Jake's going to do a Facebook Live Q and A five thirty Eastern on the RotoWire Facebook page uh, today. So you're going to want to check that mm-hmm. out. And Kevin Payne's got his weekly waiver wire article up. So uh, we've got lots of resources at RotoWire that you want to take a look at. Let's get into quarterbacks. Um, we normally start with the guys who it's time to drop. Andrew Luck is certainly time to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was since our last show. I thought I'd throw that in there because uh, I don't think we've quite discussed that. There was still a glimmer of hope when we touched on this last week. All right. And uh, James Winston out this week for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the shoulder issue it doesn't seem like it's going to go away. I mean, are you, if unless you're the type to carry a backup quarterback, I, James is kind of I mean, he's he's certainly mm-hmm. expendable, right? Yeah, the latest we have on Jameis is that he's going to be shut down for for at least two weeks, according yep. to Jenna Lane of ESPN.com. Uh, and, you know, he's got the AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. And then there's uh, another, like, like deltoid back issue, rear deltoid issue is what Ian Rappaport called it uh, yesterday. So uh, multiple things going on with him, going to be shut down. Hasn't been all that effective when he's been out there. Uh, you know, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions on the year isn't great, um, but it looks like it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick for this week and quite possibly the week after. Okay. Um, Fitzpatrick home against the Jets this week. Fitzpatrick home this week against the Jets without Mike Evans, by the way, who's suspended mm-hmm. uh, since since we last talked on Monday. Yeah, um, since we last talked. I think he's going to try to appeal it. Um, yeah. That seems to be the latest. So I don't know how much luck he's going to have running into that play after the whole fact <laughs> of everything was happening and punching someone with a helmet on the ground. Just an, yeah, another bonehead thing that I can't quite fathom. But uh, he's going to appeal it. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But for now, it's Fitzpatrick without Mike Evans. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, it, it, someone asked me that yesterday. He was asking about Evans. They said, well, he can appeal it, right? I, went, I mean, yeah, he could. <laughs> I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why we think there's any chance he's going to win it, but he could. Um all right, so your your quarterbacks to look at. We talked about this a little on Monday. Um, normally, Jake and I don't talk on Monday. It's Derek and I, but uh, since Jake's our uh, free agent guru here, I want to talk about it again. The 49ers, as far as I know, have not announced who their quarterback is going to be yet for Week 10. Um, they were Kyle Shanahan was talking last week about, you know, hey, we don't know when Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play, and, you know, it might not even be this year. You know, we're, this is maybe our quarterback for the future. That was the word out of San Francisco. Folks, if you have watched C.J. Beathard play, you you understand that at some point very, very soon, the 49ers are going to play Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yeah, he has to be deployed in the near future. Beathard's just not going to cut it. He's barely completing more than 50% of his passes, a 62 QB rating, you know, half of less than half of what, you know, the max is in that area. So it seems that they, you know, they did this second round pick before they start to make any big time decisions on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they need to see what he's got because he is a free agent. So they might have to work out a big deal and make a commitment to him with some guaranteed money that or franchise tag him to make sure their new acquisition doesn't go anywhere, which of course is risky if you haven't seen him play. So uh, for that reason, i Firmly believe that if it's not this week, it's going to be in the very near future. So Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be taken note of in two quarterback leagues. Uh, The last time we talked about Garoppolo after the trade, we noted that he doesn't have a great rest of season schedule. This week, you'd think on the surface is okay because he faces the Giants at home. And we saw uh, how how poor the Giants defense was last week without Janoris Jenkins. It looks like Janoris Jenkins is going to be back for week 10's matchup against the 49ers here. So that's something uh, to possibly take a look at. But then Jimmy Garoppolo has a bye. Host the Seahawks 
at the Bears in December, at Houston, and then Tennessee, Jacksonville, Los Angeles Rams. I mean, that's a pretty tough schedule. There are few weeks in there where I would be streaming him. Um, but in a two-quarterback league, of course he's owned. But uh, outside of that, man, I, I'm not sure I'd spend fan buttony on him. I'd wait until that week that you want to use him because there's a good chance that in a 12-team single-quarterback league, he'll still be out there that week. Right. And, and to clarify, by the way, Kyle Shanahan has not made a final decision, but he mm-hmm. did say Monday, you know, it's a week-to-week proposition, but for now, I think he might back up Beathard again. I'm, I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. The pressure is going to get there eventually if Beathard keeps playing like this. Right. Um, okay. Otherwise, let's see. We talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick playing against the Jets. Um, the Jets have been generous to fantasy quarterbacks. Could you – I can't imagine – I mean, look, I, I, we, as we say every week, there's 28 teams playing this week. I guess Fitz could sneak into my top 24. Beyond that, yeah. no thank you. Yeah, there's a, there's a chance if you're desperate. I mean, when you talk about Fitz in comparison with the other guys in this group that we're talking about, Garoppolo, uh, maybe even Case Keenum, who's been playing somewhat well for the Vikings lately, and uh, and you know Mitch Trubisky falls on our list too because he plays the Packers in this upcoming week. Um, when you look at that group of people, I would say yes, Fitzpatrick is my uh, is my top option out of that group. Um, because the Jets are the fifth worst in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So uh, so he comes into play. Fitzpatrick's been somewhat effective uh, throughout his career. He's always been kind of, you know, good, but not great. So he's a serviceable back, serviceable backup. Man, I wish he was starting for the Packers, for example. But um, I my dilemma, John, is I picked up after I lost to Sean Watson I, well, I dropped every other quarterback on my roster when I thought I had something in Deshaun Watson. Had to cut him to pick up Jay Cutler this week. It worked really well, but Jay Cutler goes to Carolina this week. And I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, maybe I should just make that drop Cutler for Fitzpatrick this week and continue to play this week to week. All right. Um, the other guys available, you mentioned Trubisky. Um, Case Keenum gets the... Uh, remind me who Case Keenum gets. He's visiting someone good. I believe it's Washington, and Thank they do you. have Josh. They do have Josh Norman back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, coming off a bye, you'd think they'd get ready, but it is a road game against a, a relatively tough secondary. Um, I just Keenum provides you. He's he's been able to get the Vikings the victories, and and he at the very least he won't lose you points at least as a fantasy quarterback. So he might be around for a while. All right, and Josh McCown at the Bucks, thirty five percent owned of the five quarterbacks we talked about. Let's say let let's say if Jimmy G plays, Jimmy G Fitz McCown Keenum Trubisky rank them rank the top three. I'd still put uh, Fitz and McCown one and two. Uh, McCown actually wasn't available in that league that I thought earlier, so that's why I didn't think to uh, discuss him. But I guess that thirty-five percent, he's in play. He's somewhat consistent. We talked about him last yeah. week, but uh, so he would be number. He'd probably be number one actually. Yeah, he's number then one. Then I do. Agree. Yeah, then yeah, then I do Fitz two and Keenum three. Yeah, because the Bucks defense has not been good. No, it has not. So you you can absolutely uh, you know McCown seems like a solid play. Okay, um, running backs. So we, we, Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. we talked about a little, okay. And we talked about yesterday, the, the, we, we seem to think that it, it, the, the right, the last I saw yesterday, the, the second circuit court of appeals is going to meet to discuss this case on Thursday. Um, if Ezekiel Elliott loses, I think we think we're done. Um, and we referenced yesterday, Mark Stopa, wrote wire guy and attorney, basically explained on his Twitter feed on Sunday morning that, you know, well, it's, this is not a, he can keep appealing as long as he wants. If he loses this Mm -hmm. particular appeal, because last week's was a a delay. It was not a a decision. Um, If Zeke loses this week, then, then, then Zeke has nowhere else to go. 
So that mm-hmm. would mean his suspension starts in week 10, lasts through week 15, and he would re- be able to return week 16. Mm-hmm. You, you have Zeke, you, and you're going to the playoffs, you still got to hold him, right? Yeah, I think you have to hold him. I plan on holding him in the league where I have Zeke. I already spent $51 out of 100 in fab money on Alfred Morris last week to prepare for the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. I, I mean, again, I'm thinking a best-case scenario um, would be for the Thursday hearing to get delayed or pushed back for some reason, yeah. um, and then you get him for one more week. Uh, that seems to be the the, the only – I don't think anything's going to get ruled in his favor suddenly um, the way that the NFL was. I mean, and, and the way that we saw this go down with Tom Brady a couple seasons ago. So uh, I don't I don't believe that he'll win the case. So the best case scenario is it getting pushed back again and helping fantasy owners, you know, maybe lock down those playoff spots for one more week, because then if he gets suspended after that, then, you know, OK, most leagues don't play week 17. If, you, if they do, they're ridiculous. Um, but then you know that we can just drop him. Uh, right. Once the six game suspension starts. But even then, with the way that this saga is gone, who knows if something could swoop in and overturn it or someone else files a motion or whatnot. But uh, but for now, uh, you should be preparing if you own Ezekiel Elliott by bringing on Alfred Morris, if possible. He would be he's my favorite. Uh, you know, we had a lot of we discussed this, this in depth last week. You know, Darren McFadden's been on the inactive list for most of the year. I don't think he suddenly gets thrusted into the better half of a timeshare. Rod Smith may be a factor as much of a special teams guy as a, as a third down or blowout game type uh, running back. But uh, for me, the the league that I own Zeke in, I am I am I am already prepared by owning Alfred Morris. But he would become the top running back target this week, of course, if everything holds up and as we expect it to do, which we don't necessarily know yet. That'll happen on Thursday. So stay tuned to Rotowire for updates on that. All right. Um, next up are two dolphins. Uh, last week, the word, the early word last week after they traded JHI was that, that Kenyon Drake was going to be the starter and Damian Williams would back him up, but it became this sort of timeshare on Sunday night. Well, the thing is more people, because of that news, more people picked up Drake. Drake's over 50% ownership on Yahoo, but Damian Williams still down at 33%. Uh, he can catch the ball a little bit. Uh, he's got a tough matchup in Carolina, but if you want a guy who's going to get a dozen touches, that probably will have four or five of them be receptions. Uh, Damian Williams, probably not a bad option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would have included them both on the list again. Um, it's worth talking about because Drake didn't necessarily dominate the timeshare by any mean, means. He had 37 snaps and Williams had 30 snaps. Uh, Drake had a couple more carries and was much more efficient with those carries. Of course, that was helped out by a 42-yard run. Uh, but believe it or not, the two were targeted six times and each caught six passes, but it was Damian Williams who made a pretty cool highlight real touchdown, uh, which was a, which was a phenomenal effort on his part. Got a uh, huge assist from Jarvis Landry, giving up his body to to get a block that eventually allowed him to get in. Um, but take out the touchdown, and the two backs are roughly equivalent. Um, you know, I still would rather own Kenyon Drake rest of season. But like you said, John, in a PPR league uh, with Williams at 33%, he's he's a more than serviceable fill-in uh, during during this upcoming one of the last heavy bye week slates. All right. Um, next up, Matt Forte. Matt Forte is only 42% ownership. And even mm-hmm. though there's there's three backs there, it always worries you when there's three. If there's two, like the Dolphins, you can deal with it. If there's three, you never know when something could go really wrong. With that said, Matt Forte, 42% ownership on Yahoo. Uh, last four weeks, 57 touches since he came back from injury. Last week was particularly good against the Bills. They were up big. He ran 14 for 77 with two touchdowns, catch 14 passes. Matt Forte catches the ball. Um, against the Bucks in this matchup, I mean, this is it's, – it, it's hard for me to imagine a running back available that's clearly better than Matt Forte. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looking at this list, uh, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty with Morris, of course, as we put in the beginning. So it's going to be tough to rank him number one. But the fact that Forte is just 42 percent owned, I know I know he's older, but he's getting the uh, he's getting the lion's share of the targets. He's been by far the most effective one since they've uh, since they've returned here. And, and he gets a Tampa Bay defense this week. I'm trying to see where they rank in terms of fantasy points allowed uh, to opposing running backs. It's actually um, they're giving up the third most only in, in standard leagues. The 49ers and the Rams give up, which the Rams is surprising to me, but those two teams give up more fantasy points than the Bucks to opposing running backs. And in PPR formats, uh, the Bucks are giving up the second most points, and that's probably more suited to uh, Forte's strengths. So I do own Forte in a 14-team league. Uh, I made the mistake of benching him last week because who the heck knew, but definitely he's being rolled out this week um, with the matchup that he has and the distribution of late i think he's someone that can absolutely be added because if you're uh if you're a kareem hunt owner if you're a marshawn lynch owner if you're a jay ajay legarrett blunt or even if you've been depending on on buck allen or alex collins uh, all those guys are on by this week and and you're going to need to make some decisions i think forte could get you a solid 10 15 points and help you win a matchup absolutely he's caught in those games i mentioned he has 21 receptions in those last four games so he's mm-hmm. catching the ball um Eddie Lacy hurt. We're not sure if he's going to be ready for Thursday, but with the short week, probably not great. Um, Thomas Rawls, 13% ownership. They Seahawks are at Arizona. How much interest do you have there? I have a little bit of interest in Thomas Rawls because I think this could be the start of him starting to see a bigger share of the workload. Now, he played, let's see here, 42 snaps. You know, and a lot of that was due to the Lacey injury. And like you said, John, I dealt with the short, short turnaround. He'll be back right away for Thursday. Uh, J.D. McKissick had 30 snaps, but this was a game where they weren't necessarily, um, they, they were trailing for a lot of it and, um, you know, had to do these these late drives and that, that are better suited to McKissick's skill set as a PPR back. So that's why I think McKissick was on the field uh, as much as he was um, in a game uh, that that's coming up here. Uh, what is it against the against the Cardinals? I actually would like Thomas Rawls a little bit more because with Stanton at the helm for Arizona, um, I believe that they'll play from ahead and that would lead to Rawls having the opportunity to dominate the uh, the work share. And I don't know if it's going to be a crazy fantasy day, but it's similar expe- uh, expectations to what we were getting from Chris Carson earlier in the year. And again, with all those running backs on by, he becomes uh, an option at least. All right. Um, the Broncos seem to turn to Devontae Booker a little bit. I know that was a big blowout against the Eagles, and we discussed that on Monday. Mm-hmm. But um, before the game, it's funny, I think I, think I mentioned it yesterday, Sunday morning, Sal Palantoni was on ESPN, and he said, look for a lot of Devontae Booker. And so we got it. I mean, you know, so maybe it wasn't just about the blowout. He had six carries for 21 yards, a couple of catches. Last year, they used Booker in the passing game a little bit when he did play. Um, with the Broncos basically really sputtering on offense, do you think maybe he, maybe he gets some more looks this week? Yeah, I think he gets some looks and, again, an option that I want to throw out there. But you mentioned the three-headed uh, situation uh, in New York with the Jets when we talked about Matt mm-hmm. Forte. The same type of thing happens here because, yeah, he's getting more looks, and he did catch two passes uh, and led the Broncos with an average of three and a half yards per carry. Of course, only on six carries. They were just blown out of the water uh, by the Eagles on Sunday. Um, but it's a really tough timeshare to break down because Anderson still had 23 snaps. Booker had 22, and Charles had 19 and it's hard to take some conclusive actionable uh, thoughts out of this because it was such a blowout and such a such, such a situ- situation that the Broncos defense usually does not put them in um, but 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 overall I think Booker uh, you know 
sometimes I get really high on young players in their rookie season and maybe overhype them uh, as opposed to what their role might be. So I was really excited about Devontae Booker last year because I wasn't all that excited about Anderson. Right. Anderson ended up having a pretty good year uh, and Booker mostly a, uh, an afterthought due to a couple fumbles early on. But, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe that that could come come back around full circle and we could see more Devontae Booker moving forward. Again, a guy that I think you can depend on for not a whole lot more than four to six points with a little more upside from there. So, again, he makes the list, but he's pretty low on it. All right. Some guys I want to bring up. Uh, Latavius Murray. All right. So they're playing at Washington. And Latavius, I'm yes. just looking up his stats from last game because they had the bye week. Last game, it, the carries have been, since, since Cook got hurt, Latavius' workload, 12 carries, 15 carries, 18 carries, 19 carries. He played the yes. last three. The last three games, he's played over thirty snaps. Um, last game thing is he did not produce. They played against the Browns. He was nineteen for thirty nine, and I feel like everybody's kind of going, "Bummer." Well, I mean, the guy's carrying the ball out. I know McKinnon's yeah. more explosive, and he's going to catch the ball. But you know, a guy getting fifteen or more carries a game is certainly worth a look. And Murray is forty five percent owned. Yeah, and well, okay, so you don't discount the Browns game too much because the Browns, for as as terrible of a yep. of a unit overall that they are, uh, they're a top ten defense run defense at least, uh, and have one of the best yards for carries allowed to opposing backs in the league. They've only given up three touchdowns to running backs uh, all year, which puts them right in that uh, very very elite group with you know teams like Minnesota, Houston, uh, even Denver, despite giving up the touchdowns last week. Finally, um, so the the Browns are, are a good team, so don't worry too. much much about the one performance the other two um the other one the baltimore one of course that was a big one uh, but baltimore is typically poor against running back so i think we expect something in between here 60 to 70 yards a week with a chance at a touchdown and, and that warrants a roster spot okay other guys uh rob kelly i think he went 14 for 18 but two touchdowns you'll take it if he's going to get that kind of work mm, maybe mm-hmm. maybe yeah yeah there's, there's right there's non-ppr value in that for sure okay and the last one I want to mention is Rex Burkhead. And we talked about three-headed monsters being mad. Four-headed monsters are worse. But mm-hmm. Burkhead, last, yeah. last game for the Pats, kind of, he, you kind of went, oh, wow, maybe he's back. Is he, is he back enough for you to, to not start this week, but do you want to put him on a PPR roster? Mm-hmm. Well, well, the big question is, is I, I own James White and Deion Lewis in, <laughs> in one league, and I don't necessarily start either of them on a given week because it's a difficult situation. Somebody to help get me through buys. So the question for me would be, would I drop either James White or Deion Lewis to get Rex Burkhead thinking he'll be one of the top two options um, in that in that offense? And the answer for me personally is no, I, yeah. I don't quite, I don't trust him quite enough yet. Now, if he comes back out and gets a third of the team snaps or more for the next couple of weeks, then maybe it's a different conversation. But for now, uh, I don't think he can produce more consistently than those other guys I mentioned. All right, um, rank your rank your top three running backs. Well, the top three running backs, the ranking's so tough because it's all contingent on Ezekiel Elliott. But let's just say, but it's Tuesday, uh, right? So we have to yep. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just say that uh, that that, that the, the six game suspension goes through as we would expect. Alfred Morris would be number one. Uh, Matt Forte number two. Thomas Rawls number three. Morris, I'm writing this down for me. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm writing it down for me. Okay. Wide receivers. Uh, Pierre Garcon's on IR, so he's, we're done with him. Um, you mentioned Zay Jones and what you sent over to me. He had a good game Thursday. He's got an injury, and we're not sure what's going to happen. And Kelvin Benjamin is probably going to be active, almost certainly going to be active for the Bills this week. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Des Bryant, uh, he, he sprained an ankle. We are not sure about his status for Sunday in Atlanta. 
Does this so to the other two guys? The thing is, Des got hurt late in that game, so yes. we can't just attribute. Terrence Williams had a big day. I think it was nine for one forty or something like that. And Cole Beasley caught a couple of touchdown passes. Now we can't just attribute those big days to Des Bryant's injury because Des got hurt late. But if Des is hurt, do you find yourself? Would you find yourself looking toward one of those other receivers? Yes, I would be looking towards both of them, and and some of them are owned when I checked in my leagues, but the ownership isn't super high. So I think I think we're going to be okay now. Des, they, those two had those good games with eleven of the team's thirty targets going to Des. So Beasley was able to score twice on six targets. I think maybe his production's a little less sustainable. Terrence Williams, uh, nine targets. So um, I guess I would be going after Terrence Williams first. Um, and and who knows, even with or without Des, because if it, if it is an ankle injury, uh, who knows what could happen. He could end up being uh, a little bit limited. And, of course, I, I have a feeling they're going to have to go more towards the passing game um, if they don't get to play with Ezekiel Elliott this week. And when you look at, at, at Williams compared to Beasley, you stack those two up to head, head – Stack those guys up head to head. Um, last time Beasley got more snaps than Williams was week two. So I think Williams, uh, you know, you follow the playing time and you follow the targets. Uh, Williams would be the guy to, to to look at. But in the absence of Des, who can be a very good red zone threat, you think who they're going to use in the red zone here. I mean, Witten's always going to be an option. But if they don't have Ezekiel Elliott to run behind that offensive line, and they don't have Des to throw fades to. Um, a lot's going to open up. So, you know, Beasley and Williams could both be uh, options there, but my preference is going to lean towards Williams. Okay. Um, we talked about Mike Evans being sus- most likely suspended for the Bucks, and the Bucks play the Jets. Is there any, out of any receivers you're interested? I mean, Deshaun Jackson's owned everywhere. The other ones, um, Humphreys is still the slot guy. Chris Godwin would be sort of probably the replacement for Evans. Any interest in either one of those? You know, I, I think Humphreys, if you're in a league where uh, you you just need to get yourself five, six points and, and hope for the best. Um, but, you know, he, he'll still check in pretty low on the list. Chris Godwin is more of that super deep flyer that could all of a sudden see an uptick in snaps. But we don't really know enough of him. Uh, you know, I was talking to Mario Puig about it. He sits right next to me in the office. He's one of our XM guys. I don't, I'm not sure if he does the pot or not. Yep. But um, he, he was saying how he likes uh, he, he thinks Chris Godwin's very talented. Um, and and who knows what that uh, will amount to with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. But those guys suddenly become worth a look. Uh, you know, whatever option you sort by when you're selecting your waiver, your waiver wire isn't going to really identify either of those guys. But, you know, just names worth mentioning if the Evans suspension holds up as we expect it to. All right. Um, and next up, uh, Marquise Goodwin on the 49ers. By the way, I got to give a shout out to Marquise Goodwin. Did you see the tackle he made? Oh man, I think I missed that. I, I I was I was watching Red Zone and it was cycling through. I don't think I saw it. He he. If if I have the details right, I think Patrick Peterson. I know Peterson had a fumble recovery or an interception, and basically was on his way for a touchdown. And Goodwin ran him down. Ooh, I mean, it there was, we go. It was great. It was a great hustle play, and and it reminds us that Marquise Goodwin is very very fast. Um, if he's twelve percent owned, he's actually. I mean, he got eight targets here. They only a couple of catches. If Jimmy G plays interest level do you have on Marquis Goodman against the Giants I, I would say it's a moderate interest level as long as there are four bye weeks once uh once we get past week 11 and into week 12 then he would probably go back to the drop list if he hasn't uh if he hasn't really produced but um it's a very boomer bust play because we saw from his time in Buffalo and and, and you, you mentioned his speed there that if he can maybe get a double move and take the top off the defense that's part a part b is having a quarterback that gets it to him there could be a, a potential for an 80-yard score in there. Is he going to tear you up by moving the chains constantly and providing a high floor? 
probably not, but he's absolutely on the radar with no Pierre Garcon in play. All right, the next guy, uh, I don't, I, I don't even want to talk about him, but we have to. Yeah, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is, and and nothing against Josh Gordon. I hope Josh Gordon is okay, especially after the the stories that have come out over the you know the past few days about how he basically said he drank and smoked before games and things like that. I hope Josh Gordon is okay. And then that, mm-hmm. that he, whatever changes he's made are, are sustainable, permanent changes. If, if, you know, he had problems, which he appears to have had. However, for fantasy purposes, I mean, uh, of course, anyone who led the league in receiving is a flyer of some sort. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have to do to want to have Josh Gordon on my roster for the remainder of the 2017 season. Josh Gordon led the, I mean, we were having this discussion in 2014. Hey, yes. should I pick up Josh Gordon? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, this is, it's a long time ago that he made this impact. And, mm-hmm. and after all, I mean, basically three seasons off, you want me to pick him up in week 13 and think, you know, boy, I think he really might help me in the final four weeks. I mean, come, mm-hmm. What? Come on. Yeah. No, you know, I, I'm going to be with you for the most part, John. But uh, just for the sake uh, of argument here, I'll, I'll throw out a couple reasons why why maybe, maybe it's worth it. And I'll give you some situations where I've actually seen him picked up in leagues that I'm a part of. Uh, first and foremost, he's 26 years old. So, you know, you mentioned, OK, yeah, his last time we had this conversation was 2014. Last time we um, he actually had a good season leading the league in receiving was 2013. Um, so you think, oh, man, this guy must be over the hill washed up. He's only 26. So that gives you a little bit of encouragement. Uh, you know, he's back with the team facility um, in my 16 team league. Someone picked him up as just a flyer um, because, you know, the last guy on their bench wasn't doing anything anyway. And and you, you're not picking him up to start him right away, but maybe just, just to see who knows it's a big question mark. And I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily assured that that's going to happen. The other situation I saw him get picked up in, I'm in a 12 team league where you can pick up a player and keep him, uh, as one of your two keepers for what you paid in fab for him. And he was picked up as a $1 player, just as you know, by a team, not really contending this year that is looking to get lucky and strike gold on a keeper. So those are the situations, but Overall, if I'm looking at a, a receiver that I need to get, I would be looking uh, more towards Corey Coleman in that offense, who's only 13% owned and is looking like he'll be back from IR this week. So I would, I would give the nudge to Coleman over Gordon, but there are situations where I can't quite rule out picking him up, and there might be a couple cases where it could be beneficial. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask you, who would you rather have? By the way, Corey Coleman, 13% ownership. Mm-hmm. And, and I think right now his... His activation for this week is a TBD. Um, he's designated for return from the IR. His activation for this week in particular mm-hmm. is TBD. All right. So, guys, we talked about yesterday. We talked about Robert Woods yesterday, and you kind of said, well, after the bye weeks, Robert Woods probably not a guy I would want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob- it's going to be t- – yeah, go ahead. Robert Woods or Josh Gordon? Man, I would I would probably do Robert Woods. Uh, Me too. I know, yeah, it's a, you, because you know that at least he's going to be on the field. Yes. I mean, and he's playing decently. I mean, Josh Gordon, I'm, I'm looking at Josh Gordon and I'm saying this is most likely a, a, a worthless proposition for, for the rest of this season. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most, most likely. And, you, you know, you're holding on to that 1% chance. You know, you're saying there's a chance uh, <laughs> and that's what you're holding on to when you're picking someone like him up. Uh, uh, you know, that nostalgia from a few years back, he, uh, you know, probably won you leagues a couple of years ago. But uh, but but now, 
yeah, most of these guys, your Robert Woods, your Marquise Lee, you know, Gordon's not going to land in my top three. I just I feel like we need to mention him um, for those those owners that really want to shake the dice and, and take a risk uh, on, on some potential, probably not this week or next week, but maybe in the fantasy playoffs. Who knows? All right. The other guy we mentioned yesterday, Marquise Lee, who went eight for 75 with touchdown for the Jags and is 38 percent on Yahoo. Uh, rank your top three for this week. Top three are both going to come from Dallas. Terrence Williams, one, Cole Beasley, two, and three's going to be Marquise Goodwin because of opportunity, not because I love the skills. Wide receivers are tough this week. So, so no, the one, the one guy I want to bring up there, if you knew he was active, Corey Coleman does not crack your top three. I want to see how, to what degree they, they're easing him in or, in or not. And then there's also another bigger question about quarterback play in Cleveland that yep. uh, could limit the upside. So I want to give him one week. Uh, but again, if you're going to, if you want to pick him up and have a really good chance of getting him, it has to be this week. All right. Your bye week guys, tight end. We're going to move to your bye week guys, Kelsey Ertz and Jared cook. Big deal there. Um, Greg Olson is down to 50% ownership in Yahoo due back week 12. So the, pa- the Panthers play this Monday, then they got a week off. Then Greg Olson's back. So if, if you are interested in grabbing a tight end and stashing for two weeks, um, act now folks, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're on one of those teams that thinks, uh, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make the playoffs here, but my tight ends just been, just been such a struggle. Uh, I haven't been able to get, uh, you know, any production from that position streaming every week. Uh, he's someone that you can lock in with confidence in the playoffs here. Uh, I, I like what he'll be able to do for Carolina down the stretch, especially in the absence of Calvin Benjamin. Now it is a foot injury that they'll probably want to be careful with, but um, stay tuned to rotowire.com. We'll write it as soon as he starts and gets back on the practice field. Uh, Everything is suggested that he's on track for November 26 or week 12. It'll be a good, good thing for the uh, Panthers. If they have any place playoff aspirations, as well as fantasy owners that are getting there. Cause I think he'll make a difference. All right. Um, Vernon Davis is up to 60% ownership. So, um, I mean, oh. he'd, he'd be nice to have, but no, thank you. I mean, probably yeah. not easy to get at this point. Um, I totally did not expect that. I, I, he was, I mean, before last week when, when Reed was out, I, I saw him, he was maybe around 20%. So that shot up pretty quickly. Yeah. Everybody jumped on him pretty quick. Um, another one we mentioned, uh, Trey Burton yesterday. We talked about him today. Look for, for beyond the bye week If Ertz was still out, Trey Burton's a great guy to have, but we're, we're, we're a couple of weeks out from, or we week and a half out from knowing about Ertz. Um, yeah. CJ Fedorowitz. Looks like he's going to be back for the Texans. Um, and it, it, it actually might help him. He's 10% on on Yahoo, by the way. He only played in week one. He had a concussion. He went four for 46. Last year, CJ Fedora was caught 54 passes and four touchdowns. Not bad at all. He's, I think Savage being the quarterback is probably good for him. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. I mean, Fedorowicz, throughout his his time with Houston, any production he's had has been with a subpar quarterback. I mean, he had those four touchdowns, 559 yards, 54 catches with uh, Brock Osweiler at the helm for the majority of last year. You know, a little bit of Savage in there as well. So uh, I think uh, he's another he's another low-owned option that uh, could start producing for fantasy owners. I like him more in PPR, guys. He doesn't score a ton, a ton but he's a good guy. That's something like Savage can use to help move the chains. Okay. Um, guy I want to bring up here, <laughs> my man, George Kittle. Now I'm not trying to, uh, I, am not as excited about my man, George Kittle as I was weeks ago. And, and I've talked about him every week. I, I say, Jake, what about George Kittle? But the giants have given mm-hmm. up a touchdown to a tight end in nine straight games. So yeah, that's, I mean, it, it makes it possible. 
would you guys think it's a situation where you start him, hope he scores against the Giants, and drop him the following week? All right, next up, um, guy who gets no love from anybody is Tyler Croft on the Bengals. Um, Tyler Croft, I'm checking his ownership level right now, and it's way too low, 41% ownership. Tyler Croft, he went two for 79 against the Jags. He had a big play. Mm -hmm. Big Um, play, yep. But, I mean, Jags are a tough team. The four games before that, six, four, four, five catches and three touchdowns in those four games before that. If you need Tyler, if you need a bye week guy, as we discussed, mm-hmm. there's some big bye weeks this week. Tyler Croft's not too bad. Yeah, that's one of those where I actually didn't include him on my original list because I expected his ownership to be more up where Vernon Davis was, um, you know, as as opposed to only 41 percent. So I think, yeah, he definitely makes the cut and is worth rehashing again. He's someone that has a starting job with his team the rest of the season. Hinges a little bit on how effective Andy Dalton can be, which is is quite hit or miss sometimes. But when they do get in the red zone, I think that's one of Dalton's favorite looks. All right. The other guy. Any interest in Eric Ebron? Last two games, five catches for 93 yards eh, on 10 targets. I'm middly in interest. I've always believed in his talent, but I think he's just someone that needs a change of scenery. He's actually someone. I mean, the Packers have gone through and signed free agent tight ends the last couple of years, you know, with Cook, who departed. Now Martellus Bennett, who's hurt. I always thought hmm, maybe uh, maybe if Ebron gets booed out of Detroit, the Packers could pick him up and have a nice redemption story there. Because I like his athletic ability. He just has he inconsistent as far as drops and those types of issues. I, I don't have a ton of love for that. All right. Um, out of the... Let's say if Davis is off the table and Olsen, Olsen's a different kind of character for this week. Croft, Ebron, Kittle, Fedorowicz, rank him. Croft, Ebron, Kittle, Fedorowicz. I would go uh, Fedorowicz, Croft, Ebron. I mean, it's it's tough to rank guys that are this far out, barely outside the tad and two list. But yes. I think that's that's how I, that's what I go. I like I put Fedorowicz. Um, you know, right up there because uh, of his rest of season Croft, because, you know, it's going to be a little bit hit or miss with the big plays and the touchdowns, but uh, he's at least got a job the rest of the season too. No love for my man, George Kittle point noted. Okay. (laughs) Um, Defenses. Um, The lions are 59% ownership. They're home versus the Browns. They would, they would pretty much be the chalk. Of, the, mm-hmm. of any yeah. free agents if you can get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't make our official list because they're over 59% owned, but I feel like I have to make note of it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of 12-team leagues that are sitting out there. Look at your defenses every week, folks. Uh, I was in a 12-team league that I thought that people were pretty competitive and on top of, but someone had to make a really tough roster move and cut the Jags defense in a buy, and, uh, and wow. now I've got the number one fantasy defense the rest of the year. Now, not that that's going to happen to you guys, but uh, – um, and I actually use fab money to get the Jags defense, but check, the, just check the defenses every week. Cause if you're dealing with a middling one, uh, I like the lions, you know, as one of the, as probably at least the top eight, probably top six defense this week overall, uh, at home against the Browns. All right. Uh, I just want to check real quick. The Jags, their schedule weeks, 15, 16 home for Houston at San Francisco. FYI, Ooh, baby, I hope I will be still alive in the playoffs, still standing at that and, point. And you, and you hope that CJ with Beathard is still playing. Um, yeah. Titans are at home against the Bengals. That's not too bad. Um, mm-hmm. Bears at home against Brett Hundley. Any interest there? Yeah, that th- there is mild interest because I think this might be one of those weeks where the Bears probably won't lose you points. Um, so I, I guess they're you know they can they can get out there. Uh, but one thing that Hundley's been okay at um if i remember this correctly he hasn't you know he's been pretty good with his ball security and i don't think that he's thrown 
uh, okay, well, he's thrown, he's thrown four picks, but most of those were in the uh, three of those were in the Minnesota game uh, where he just kind of came in in relief uh, of Rodgers uh, without, you know, the, having that game plan tailored to or and around him. So uh, just one pick in the two games that he started, the turnover potential is not as great as one would think. Okay. The other ones that I was looking at, the Pats uh, against the Broncos, presumably Brock Osweiler. Because I think Vance Joseph said Paxton Lynch is not ready to play. Yes, that um, seems to be the indication. Um, the Giants at San Francisco, depending on who San Francisco's quarterback is, I think if it's Beathard, you, you, that's a pretty nice play. Um, and the Giants, that the Giants get, yep. don't suspend half their defense again. Yes, and, and when I last looked at Janoris Jenkins, it seems like he's going to be back, so that's a big boost for them. You know, any team getting their top cover cornerback is huge. And, and the other, I mean, any, any interest in the 49ers with the Giants being on the road? Um, yeah, not a whole lot. They're no. a very young defense that is, is traded away. Some of their veterans. I don't think, I don't see a ton of big playmakers there. You know, you're, you're trying to chase some, some upside there. All right. Um, you're taking the lions off the table. Who's your favorite defense that's available? I would, I would actually take the Titans number one, just because the Bengals are giving up the sixth most fantasy points per game to opposing defenses. Uh, and I know that's a really tough stat to measure because everyone seems to score defenses differently, but I, I would do the Titans number one followed by the Pats and the Giants. All right. Um, I think I'd go Bears, but we'll see. Um, I Sorry to, yeah. sorry to say that to you since you're a Packer no, guy. But. I, I hear you. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, one of the last things I look at before picking a defense is uh, Jerry Donabedian does this awesome streaming defenses article, and it comes up on Tuesdays on Rotowire right about at the same time as, uh, you know, uh, the waiver wire column comes out. So to help you uh, specifically with defenses and the bears are in his top five too. You know, uh, I, I can't deny it, but again, like I said, Hundley doesn't turn the ball over as much as you would think right. given his poor play to date. So uh, I'm not sure how much upside there is. That could very well be a 13, 10 game the way that that goes. Uh, and, and who knows who comes out on top in that situation. Um, but you know, the bears would have to score, I think to, to really pay off that pickup and they're not someone that, you know, they're someone that you drop immediately, uh, for, for the next week. So, uh, right. you know, they get a little love, you know, they make the top five, probably not my top three. Gotcha. All right. One thing I need to mention, um, FanDuel is sponsoring this podcast. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans, new contests starting every week, no busted seasons. There's something for everyone, including lots of contests to choose from starting at just a dollar. Just pick a contest, choose your team and watch your score real time. Um, I think actually CJ Fedorovitz, by the way, that, that's one I would like to grab this week, cheap on FanDuel, so you can uh, check that out. Um, every game is more exciting on FanDuel. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today, fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Thanks a lot, FanDuel. Um, Jake, what do you got going on? You college basketball starts for you soon. Yeah, college basketball starting on Friday. So, I mean, we've had all our, our draft kit content up on rotowire.com. Uh, you know, we can't do se- or daily college basketball anymore, but I still have a little bit of fun playing season long because there's so many different player pools and ways that you can play it. So we got you covered uh, regardless, and that's going on. Um, you know, like I said, there's UFC events every weekend. So, uh, you know, on top of football, I'm definitely, definitely staying busy today. And don't forget to tune in uh, for the live chat. If there's any, any news has changed, since this, uh, I'll be back on at 5.30 Eastern time for uh, for Dancer Your Live Q&A. So uh, hopefully uh, we can help you out even more than this podcast. But you already got a great start by listening to us. You sure did. Um, we got a lot of lot of uh, resources for you on Rotowire for free agents. So check them out. And get us on Twitter. Jake is at JakeSki52. I'm at JHelpin37. You can also ask at Rotowire. And like I said, our news feed at Rotowire NFL. That's pretty much, you know, 
automated stuff that it comes as soon as mm-hmm. the news is out, you will see it there. Um, listeners to our podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Um, I guess that's it. Jake, you have a good rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week, right? Yep, you do the same. Good luck locking down those playoff spots to you and, of course, to all our listeners. All right, everybody. Again, please keep the reviews and ratings coming. I ask that every time, and I really appreciate the ones we get. So, uh, so, so keep it up. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Our next episode is coming on Thursday. So please come on back then for more great fantasy football information. We will start previewing Week 10. It'll be me and Tim Haney. We'll start with Seahawks and Cardinals. For Jake Latarski and John Halpin, see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.